Welcome to the Happy Kids Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by App Judo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Intersom, and welcome to today's show. Today, we're going on a treasure hunt. Oh boy, do I get to come too? Yeah, absolutely, Bill, you do. All right. <laughs> Wouldn't be any fun without you. All <laughs> right. Kids like to hunt for things. Think Easter egg hunts. You know, it's kind of a variation of a treasure hunt. <laughs> a treasure hunt is just a lot of fun. We're going to talk about how to put one together today. And not expensive either. And that's another big clue. Now, kids love to win at games. And of course, treasure hunts as you say, don't cost much, so you really don't have to buy much, if anything. It kind of depends on what you want to use for your treasure. (laughs) You could use uh, some kind of food, or you could also use something that they really want to have. And of course, cookies. Just remember the (laughs) cookie monster from Sesame Street. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that might suffice for some little kids. (laughs) Well, you can choose just about any theme when you're trying to set up your treasure hunt. So things like the standards, pirates and princesses, dinosaurs, there's a big one. Fairies is really, really big today, especially with so many different fairies that the Disney people have put together. Or for the boys, bugs and insects or or jungle themes or sports, things like that. TV shows can also be a hit for you to use for a treasure hunt theme. Pick something that they like and have images from the show, pictures that you printed out from the internet to use as your clues. That's right. And you know, you can use all kinds of things that kids really like. Any kind of cartoon character or Disney characters, animals. The idea is to have fun. And of course, this is primarily done when kids are having a party and they're gathering for some sort of an affair. And you can use this treasure hunt as one of the activities. But it's really a great activity almost any time. If you've got the grandkids over and it's an overcast day or it's a rainy day especially and they're stuck indoors, this is something that you can actually put together in a very short time, make the clues, and then you go about hiding things while you keep the kids sequestered in a single room and then bring them out and turn them loose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or you can actually do it when they're not around do all the hiding and have them show up later, any way you want to do that. There are several things that you actually do need to have a treasure hunt. First of all, you're going to have to have a treasure, whatever you (laughs) decide that it is. A lot of times it's fun to actually put that in a treasure chest, build a treasure chest to put it in. You can have the kids help you with that. Simply get a box. Even an old oatmeal box works great. You can have them help you build it and decorate it, and they all know that that's what's happening, and they'll know that you're putting prizes in there, maybe a few little simple things you got at the dollar store. Right. Another thing you're going to have to do is gather up some clue ideas. We'll get into some of the ideas for doing clues a little bit later, but obviously that's one of the things you have to have for them to follow in order to find the treasure. And then, as we mentioned earlier, if you're going to have a theme, they're going to have to have costumes that go along with the theme. That's what makes it so fun. (laughs) And if you have a dress-up chest, like we've talked about on several other podcasts, then it's easy to gather some things up from there to help go along with your theme idea. 
Now, you may have to come up with some new items if you want to do a pirate theme, what you can use for an eye patch and what you can use for a bandana. But if it's fairies or game shows or other things, you probably have enough items that will probably suffice. I know we do. (laughs) (laughs) We do want to talk a little bit about making clues for the kids who will participate. You want to think of a fun way to introduce the first clue to get the party started. In some ways, you want to create a surprise. Oh, we're going to do a treasure hunt. And look what I found. (laughs) You have to have a way to give them the first clue. Now, for the older kids, we suggest written clues. But for the younger ones, you can actually use photographic clues using pictures that you found on the Internet and printed out and then draw part of the instructions on there, arrows for left and right, something along that order. You can also use object clues, make them look for a particular object, and give them some clues about where they think that object would be. So, for example, if you give them a picture of a toothbrush, they know they need to go to the bathroom (laughs) and look for the next clue. So those are things that they can sort of follow. Now. As I mentioned, you can go on to the internet and find actual pictures, but what other enterprising people have done is use their cell phone, take pictures around their own house, and then go to the computer and print those out. Then they'll be able to look at the picture and actually recognize areas in your house that they should go to next. This works really great for younger kids. You want to make the clues more difficult for the older ones and really pretty simple for the younger ones. That's another thing to keep in mind, what age group you're working with. Right. Because for the older ones, again, you can have riddles, you can have rhymes, you can have word games. For the younger ones, you can have shapes and colors and numbers to match from the clue sheet to the actual area and house where that shape and color shows up. Right. The older kids really like to do things too, like, and this is really fun, to scramble up letters of a word. For example, you might use the word chair, and you could just scramble the letters and put R-H-C-I-A. They have to unscramble those letters to find what the word is that you're looking for. Older kids really enjoy doing that. Of course, they have to know a little bit about how to spell in order to get that (laughs) accomplished. And it's very easy if you want to actually cut some of those letters out. You can put them in a little baggie so that when they get to the area where they're going to uncover the next clue, they find the baggie, they find the letters, so they have to open up the baggie, take the letters out, and then unscramble them right there. So that could be quite fun. Right. And in a group, that's even more fun than having the words written down. You can also make clues more challenging, but something that they can actually do on their own. You want to make the kids work for the answer, but don't make it so hard that they can't figure it out. (laughs) Now, when you're hiding your clues, make sure that you separate one found area from another so that they can't just turn around and find the next one. Try to make them hidden so that they really have to find one to actually know where to look and they don't just stumble on one down the line. Otherwise, that's going to interrupt your treasure hunt. Right. So it's a good idea to kind of keep your clues far apart so they only find one at a time. If they're in the kitchen, don't have another clue in the kitchen because they could stumble upon that one while they're looking for the one you're intending them to find. 
And try to make sure that you do leave that clue pretty close to the object that you're having them search for so that they don't get so frustrated and just decide to quit the game altogether. That's right. And then you can also leave little rewards if you'd like along the way. This makes it kind of interesting, especially for little ones, because they have a short attention span. If they get something that they've won, then they want to keep going. And you keep telling them, there's more, there's more. Oh, cookies, <laughs> cookies. <Exactly>. <laughs> so you can make them smaller treats and then working on toward the bigger ones. Now, we need to take a very quick break to thank our sponsor. So we'll be back in a sec to continue talking about some clues and how you might use puzzles for some of your clues. So we'll be right back. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. One of the really fun things is if you can put puzzle pieces along the way, some people use this for the entire game. Every time they find a puzzle piece, then they have another piece of the puzzle. And toward the end of the game, they're getting all of the pieces of the puzzle together. The puzzle pieces will form the location where they're going to find the big treasure. So that's how that's used. Now, you could do the same thing with ingredients for something that they might want to make. Like, say, if they want to make a special cake or some special cupcakes for you, then along the way, they can uncover all the various different ingredients that they need, like the cake mix box and maybe the frosting container and then maybe the sprinkles in another place and so maybe even candles in another place. Uh-huh. <laughs> And that would be really great if you want them to make a birthday cake, for example, if it's a child's birthday, and they're going to all come over and work on doing a birthday cake. Then you have them doing other activities as well that day. Now, if you're working with your church group or you're working with a community group of some kind, you might have enough kids that you can actually separate them into teams. This is especially great with high school kids. But it even works for the younger ones as well, provided that you have enough parent supervision. You do need more supervision as the ages get smaller and smaller. But it's really fun to have separate teams and they can compete for either all of the prizes or part of the prizes or even work for a separate prize of their own. And mm -hmm. they could be going against time as opposed to even competing against each other. And you can also have teams working together toward the same prize and in that case, you want to give them their own separate clues and keep the clues sealed so that when they find them, they're labeled with that particular team's name on it. You give each team a name or have them make up one of their own. Then they'll know which clue is theirs and they can all be working toward the same treasure chest. Right. And it's so much fun. And they really do enjoy not only the teamwork experience, but the searching experience and even what they might learn along the way. Sometimes it can be an historical treasure hunt where they learn something about your organization, even about their school or about their church, while they're actually participating in finding the clues. 
That's right. It does become really creative for the adults putting the affair together as well. And it is a lot of fun to put one together. You also want to make sure all the kids know to keep their clues secret from each other. They're not supposed to tell the other (laughs) team what they found or what information they've gathered, because that's all going to come into play as they're figuring out where that treasure is. Now, we have a couple of examples of riddles and rhymes that we wanted to share with you. The first are actually for smaller kids. So you can use riddles. These are some fairly simple ones that little ones would understand. Could say something like, a place that has arms but isn't a person. And of course, they'd have to figure out what has arms that isn't a person. It could either be, of course, a chair or a couch. And then you could say to the little ones, a place where birds build nests. Well, of course, that would be a tree. And they might have to go outside for that clue. Right. So those are some riddle examples. Also, you could do rhymes. These are also really nice, and they're fun to think up. You could say something like, time to chill, time to think. Please go here for a cool, cool drink. That, of course, would be your refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or the water dispenser, wherever you keep your water. And then you could say, add some color to your days. Pick these up. You're on your way. And if you have an area in your house where you keep things like art supplies and crayons, as we do, that would be a really great clue for the kids. They'd know exactly where to go. <laughs> Another one is keep it clean, keep it dry. Can you guess? Come on, just try. And of course, that might be the laundry room where you wash the clothes. <laughs> so those are just some examples. Now we need to take another break to thank our second sponsor. So when we return, we're actually going to give some suggestions about the prizes that you might pick up to have available at the end of the treasure hunt. So we'll be right back. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back. Now, prizes don't have to really be expensive, but you do want to make sure that all the kids get prizes. You don't want to leave anyone out. So you can have prizes along the way that pique their interest and then just have one very special prize at the end. And that works a lot better when you're working with older kids. The end prize should ideally be in a treasure chest. And we talked about how you might make that treasure chest at the beginning of the podcast. There's so many creative ways that you can make it and then design it, color it, use your construction paper and all kinds of other things. Or you could also, as we mentioned, have the kids help you make and decorate the box at a totally different time than just have it available on the day that you're doing your treasure hunt. Now, one of the things that you can do is create little goodie bags with some candy, with some cookies, (laughs) and (laughs) maybe a couple of toys that you picked up at the dollar store. And you could put a bag for each person who's going to be in the treasure hunt so that when they find the treasure, each person gets their prize all at once. 
So they'll all be working very hard to get that treasure box, to find out where it is, because they know that each of them has something interesting in their little bag inside of that box, that treasure box. (laughs) Another thing you can do, of course, is have some kind of non-material prize, something that is not a toy or an object of any kind. Could be something like a special outing that the child wants to choose. And this is especially if it's a family treasure hunt. It could be somebody in your family who wants to choose the vacation that you're going to take or some kind of a fun activity that they want to participate in. Right, like going to the water park or something. Uh huh. Or they could choose a fun movie or they could also choose to be free of some kind of duty or tour that they normally have to do. And you could keep a jar of ideas that they actually pick from. Now, some of the small, inexpensive gifts that we've previously gotten at dollar stores would be like little plastic rings, plastic necklaces, especially those little pop ball necklaces, and that's for a little bit older children, say five and up. Whistles are always popular. Glow sticks are also always popular. And these tiny little toys, some of them are squishy, some of them are harder plastic. Uh-huh. Today we were at one of the stores and we saw little glider airplanes. There are all different kinds of little toys that you can find for the kids. Right. Stickers or miniature notepads with a little mm-hmm. miniature pen. Of course, the old standby is wrapped candy pieces and wrapped chocolate like Hershey's Kisses or something like that. But be careful with that if you're going to have your treasure hunt outside on a warm day because Uh, it'll melt and that would be a mess. Now, there are some specific things that you do need to be mindful of when you're actually planning this affair. You want to think about what kind of weather is expected on the day you're planning to do this. And that's if it's outside because Uh it might be only inside. Exactly. And how much time are you going to have with the kids? So how elaborate do you want this thing to be? Right. Now, remember that some children who do have nut allergies need to be very careful about anything to do with nuts, whether it's peanut butter or any just whole nuts. And sometimes those same children can be allergic to chocolate. So you really need to find out ahead of time if you've got some kids coming over that you really don't know exactly what's going on in their lives. You need to contact their parents. Right. It's very important not to have anything they'll be allergic to as a treat. Also, you want to notify all of your guests if they're going to have any specific kind of clothing requirements. Maybe if they're going to be in costume, you may want them to know ahead of time to come dressed in a costume like that if you're not planning on providing it for each child. Also, if you're in a home, you want to make sure that all the children inside that home are familiar with the home. You want to tell all the participants if there are some areas that are going to be off limits to them when they're doing their treasure hunt. Now, if you're doing it outside, try to make sure that you keep your group separate from the public group. If you go to a park, try to make sure that you go off to an area of the park where a lot of other members of the public are not really around. Because it's hard to mix your group, especially when they're running around helter-skelter, with people from the public. Exactly. Especially for small children, you really want to make sure that they're all accounted for and that you know what they're all doing and that they're safe. Now, of course, for teens, you can broaden the search area, and it's often advisable to do so. If it's a church group or a civic group, 
You could have it be around the downtown area or around the area that they would normally call their own area. Actually move it out and up. They may have to get on their bicycles or they may have to walk in groups for two or three blocks to find a clue. And that's okay. And that's part of the whole fun. Right. Maybe you're going to use clues about landmarks in this case or something a little bit more stimulating that the kids will really be thinking, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah, you really want to expand the search area for those kids. Now, you do want to establish some ground rules if you are outside. Be respectful of other people's property. No stepping on flowers. No going through flower beds. No cutting across people's lawns. Just to be respectful all around of being out in that area. At the end, you want that treasure to be really noticed. And so at the beginning, you want to tell them what they're looking for. You can use something like a flag or a photo to represent what it is that they're going to see when they see it. You're not going to tell them where it is, but you're going to let them know what they're looking for. When they see that object, they know they've won. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a win for everyone, and it's just a lot of fun. So all ages participate in something like this, and everyone has fun. That's right. Kids like to hunt for things. We're hoping that you really enjoyed today's podcast, and it gave you some wonderful ideas. Yes, we do. And you know, everyone loves a mystery, kids included. We all like to figure out riddles and things like that. So it is a lot of fun for them. So I think that is our podcast for today, Bill. Great. We want to thank you for being with us on the Happy Kids Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcasts and look for Better Living Institute, the Happy Kids Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, the Happiness Experience Podcast, and today's podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. <music>